0: get ready for an epic experience that you won't forget the be your best self conference august 22nd at the grand event center in grandview heights you'll rub elbows with some seriously cool folks in the business world and soak up all sorts of wisdom about being a bold leader rolling with the punches, and smashing through any obstacles that may come your way. It's not just about setting through speeches, it's about making connections and diving deep into learning that'll stick with you for ages. We've got a killer lineup of speakers just for you. First up, we've got Brian John, the brains behind Echo and Athena, who's going to drop some knowledge bombs about leading with love. Next, we'll hear from Shara Hutchison, the powerhouse CEO of Exposure, who's going to spill the beans on how to navigate change like a pro, whether it's in your personal life or at work. And then brace yourself for Stephen Carr, the mastermind behind Belief Force, who's going to show us how to kick those self-limiting beliefs to the curb and step into our full potential. But wait, there's more. We've got a lively panel discussion lined up where we'll tackle the ins and outs of working with different generations in the workplace, led by the amazing Dahlia Calgreen from United Residential Management. And to keep the momentum going all day long, we've got the one and only LaShondra Baker from LBB Edutainment as our hype woman. Oh, and don't even think about sneaking out early because we've got some seriously awesome prizes up for grabs at the end of the day. Trust me, you don't want to miss out. So mark your calendars, spread the word, and get ready for a day packed with inspiration and connections. ChamberPartnership.org backslash BYBS2024
1: Welcome to the Business Inspires podcast. My name is Katie Ellis. I'm the president and CEO of the Tri Village Chamber Partnership. And with me today is our co host, Brett Johnson of Circle 270 Media.
0: Great to be back.
1: And we have an incredible guest today. It is Juan Alvarez. He is a conscious executive coach, and he helps conscious leaders stay present, peaceful, and purposeful. Welcome, Juan.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here.
1: Good. You're an executive coach and meditation teacher that learned meditation from a Buddhist monk at age 20 Mm -hmm. Um, and for over two decades you've explored how meditation improves our relationship with the world and the people around us. Can you tell us how you landed in learning meditation? Mm -hmm. Was it something that you diligently sought out or did it kind of come your way as a surprise?
2: Right. Well, more than a surprise, I think it was a necessity. Like, I was very young um, and I had plans and wishes to become a mountain guide. And then uh, my father got sick and uh, he ended up passing away. And uh, um, he was an entrepreneur. He had several businesses. And I went from aspiring mountain guide to the CEO of my dad's businesses at age 18. And I did have not a clue of what I was doing. So that was quite tough. And uh, a couple of years into it, I was very stressed, very anxious, with a lot of negativity and, and um, struggling through through life. And as a way to to find a solution to my discomfort and find some help, I came across this Buddhist monk in Madrid. He used to live in Nepal. He spent 20 years there as a Buddhist monk, but he's a Spaniard. And then he decided to come back to Spain and start teaching meditation to people, and I I was just lucky to find him. And that's what brought me into this journey of of learning um, mindfulness and meditation.
1: Mm. That's fantastic. And um, through your coaching practice, you've helped business leaders be more present people, present peaceful and purposeful in their lives. Can you tell us um, how you would define a conscious leader?
2: Yes, uh, that's an excellent question, you know. I think that um, one of the main characteristics of a conscious leader is that the conscious aspect of it has to be uh, to be awakened to themselves, like to be present in their own experience. What's happening with me mm, internally as I am? operating in the world as I am leading, as I am being a community member, a family member, being awake to your mind, to your mental processes, being awake to your emotions, which gives you the opportunity to take care of yourself or self-regulate or um, be conscious in your responses and how you show up in the way you lead or in the way you you um, live. Mm-hmm. So there is a point on on being conscious of yourself, yeah? my friend Christopher Celeste a good good friend and an author he wrote a book called leaders lead themselves first and this is the the type of uh, of work we do like helping you become aware because these consciousness skills or these mindfulness skills are something that conscious leaders work on mm-hmm. so uh be- becoming present to my experience so I can improve my experience, let go of what I don't need, let go of the mental patterns, emotional patterns that don't serve me well, that don't serve my team well, uh, and be able to respond consciously to whatever is around me rather than reacting with like unconscious processes that happen through me. I think that there's another layer to the consciousness piece of this that is being conscious that i am part of a greater system than that is just greater than me yeah being aware that i am part of the great system of life and how that uh uh the the interplay that i have you know as part of that ecosystem uh in the way i show up in the world the way i lead and the way i do things being aware to that being awake to the fact that I am an individual, but I am also one with all the system of life, right? Mm
0: -hmm. Hmm. So working as an entrepreneur and then classically trained CEO for almost 20 years before opening your executive coaching practice, Mm -hmm. what inspired you to pursue this as a career? What was that pivot point, that that aha moment, I guess? Right,
2: well, um, I think it was a a process, more than like an aha moment. As I said, um, I started my business career as an entrepreneur and executive by accident. Mm. I never chose to be there, so I always kind of felt that I was in a out of place, like that, like I wasn't in the right place. Like I learned how to be a CEO, I learned how to run businesses uh, with failure and with success, and um, uh, I. I I was successful at it, but I never felt completely comfortable that this is my thing. You know, I was a mountain guide doing business rather than that's <laughs> 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 the quote of the week. I was a mountain guide as a yeah. CEO. Exactly, I love
0: that. That's and my gosh.
2: Um, through all of that uh, adventure of almost 20 years uh, working in six or seven different industries, different types of companies, and I've experienced a lot of unconscious leadership, like harmful hostile um, emotionally incompetent leadership and the results of that you know like my youth like i spent my youth in 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 very tough business environments you know like um, old school uh heavily male-dominated business industries like finance or automotive you know in which there was a lot of energy of winners and losers and competition and like uh, hostility it's a kind of war right mm-hmm. and i always thought that we could do better you know like i always thought that it didn't have to be that way uh it was a process sometimes i reacted very negatively to that type of leadership like oh these these guys are bad guys But then as I matured a little bit more and I grew, I realized that these people, uh, they are doing what they can. (laughs) It's not that they're bad, it's that they're doing what they can, you know? And nobody has trained them to do something different, you know? And at some point it clicked in my mid thirties, when I was a little bit more mature, it clicked that uh, I could uh, become a coach and I enrolled as I was the CEO of the last company I I was running in Boston. I enrolled into a certification program to become an executive coach. And then as I started uh, coaching people, uh, I started realizing that what these guys needed was more like the meditation, the mindfulness, all the personal development tools that I've learned to help myself. And that if we did that, we could, uh, help create a more conscious, loving, compassionate, and more humane business environment. And that's what I'm, what I'm doing nowadays. Yeah.
1: I think it's amazing and brilliant that you've decided to marry these two things together. Um, because it's giving us an example that you didn't have. Mm -hmm. Um, so to, to, um, have something to to model that there is something out this that people can grab onto I think it's very fortunate so thank you for doing this work
2: thank you like I think like life brought me here like my whole life journey has been uh, this this coaching practice in the making you know like I'm just an instrument but thank you nonetheless (laughs)
1: And you talked a little bit about how your business evolved with the executive coaching mm-hmm. and, um, then, then bringing the mindfulness into it, meditation. Um, one of the things I was thinking of about when doing this, um, interview was I've noticed it seems as though that old kind of harshness, it's really dying out people don't want to be in that environment anymore and something else is being born. Do you notice that paradigm shift as well? And if so, um, how do you notice it? And then what do you envision the future landscape of leadership?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I see that te- that trend. Yeah. Um, slowly uh, more um, interest, in a more conscious type of leadership and uh, like letting the old ways uh, die a little bit Um, I'm not 100% sure that like we are on the right path there is a lot of opposition let's say that what I see as you asked uh, what I see in the world is like a rise of light or a rise of like Uh, like some sort of awakening to like we can do better than this that is also exacerbating the opposite like the light is is exacerbating a resistance to it and i see also a rise of unconsciousness at the same time and these two opposing forces are competing at the moment yeah so um that's why the work we do is very important uh because i don't I'm not completely sure that the 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 light is going to win, you know. Like there is a competition at the moment, and we I think it could go either way. So, uh, although in the past 25 years I've seen an evolution and I've seen an interest in in folks in in learning, you know, mostly because they are in a lot of pain or in great suffering, and that brings them to the same way I did, try to find a solution to my discomfort. But then they find that. They can reconcile what their inner being is asking with what they're actually doing in the world. And then it gets interesting, you know. Um, What was the second part of your question?
1: Um, How do you see the future landscape of leadership?
2: Right. Yeah, I think we talked a little bit about it, you know. Um, What I would like to see is... um, responsible leaders, you know, people that take take responsibility for their inner experience, um, and that they are able to uh, align with a higher purpose and use uh, the beautiful activity of business as a way to do good in the world, to, to create contribution for, for all of us to be better. Mm-hmm. Bu- business is a great vehicle for for good because like when you think about it, and that's why I, I work with business leaders, you know one person has the ability to influence so many different groups of people that otherwise would not intersect. When you're leading a company, you have your team, you have your vendors, you have your suppliers, you have your investors, you have your, the community you serve, your clients, your family, all of those different groups of people intersecting you. So when you shift into a more loving, compassionate, conscious way of doing things, uh, the way you make decisions, the way you create culture, the way you make business deals, the way you choose partners, the way you create you create policy, all of that is influenced by, by this shift. And so you have a, ma- a magnificent ripple effect that can come from one person. I would love to see the future of leadership more in into that direction, you know like a post um, post self-centered post uh, materialistic uh, type of uh, way of doing business and more like business is a great way to improve everyone's lives you know and to do something great with our creativity, with our resources, with our expertise, with our intelligence, with our knowledge, with our
1: technology yeah? I'll go arm in arm with you on that any day. <laughs>
0: Do you also see the future of leadership possibly being influenced, or the future influencing um, the different generations as we go through? I mean, every generation has its has its feel, has its outlook on life. Uh, have you seen that now you've, you know, you've, you've, you've encountered now, you know, you're working probably with three or four different generations. Do you see a positive future in the future generations that are coming up as you're talking about?
2: Yes, yes, certainly. You know, like, um, there is an evolution in leadership style from like the early, you know, thirties, forties, where like we had more like a command and control type of leadership that we inherited from the military and mm-hmm. a lot of s- several generations resonating with, with that. Then in the 80s, we moved more to a mercenary type of leadership where the money was king and profit and uh, increasing um, stock value was everything. And and now I think there's a multi-generational uh, shift also uh, also Based on that paradigm shift that we are mm-hmm. seeing, where like millennials and Gen Z and some of our Gen Xers, as, as I am, are looking more towards like a purpose driven type of leadership. But I would have to say that the conscious leadership that I talk about has more to do with the inner shift of the person. And that's where the actual transformation happens. Like, what I meant to say is that this goes beyond having good intentions and wanting to be a good guy and care about the people and care about the environment. Having all of those good intentions is is great, but then if we don't do inner work, uh, we self sabotage, and we, we, regardless of our intentions, we ended up we end up harming and and uh, uh, not achieving what we w- wanted to do. So.
0: Uh, this type of leadership has to do with an uh, inner leadership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's take that in a, the next step further because you do mention on the website that we often experience a lack of love for ourselves and the lack of that love, that trust, that complicates our relationships. That, totally true. I, I, you know, if you're not true to yourself, that's your north star. You know, when it comes down to it, would you say that having the time in meditation to connect to your inner landscape is the first step in building you know a loving relationship with yourself and start from there yes Uh, meditation
2: is an essential tool uh, that helps you become present and then once you've developed some presence or ability to become awake in the moment you can start driving some of that attention inward to start Uh, learning about which aspects of yourself are hurting or which aspects of yourself are unhealthy and then you can start extending some compassion and love to yourself and rebuilding a healthy relationship with yourself. Uh, So yes, meditation is a great vehicle, a great tool for for mindfulness or, or
0: consciousness evolution and, and you know in our minds when we think about meditation we're thinking okay i have to sit in a corner for like a half an hour 45 minutes and just be quiet but sometimes it's not even that though right i'm I imagine it's just taking five to ten minutes for yourself quiet and in your head mm-hmm. can mean the world for the rest of the day
2: absolutely it's important to understand that uh this is a like a marathon not a sprint like you meditate every day a little bit whatever is available to you and that the purpose of this is not just to only make a shift in your day or your your experience in the short term but to build and develop mindfulness skills that then will allow you to take better care of yourself and all of those around you
1: it's always so hard because <laughs> we are not, um, again, going back to that idea of having a model, um, we, that has not been modeled for us. So, um, having that understanding, like that, um, the logic that we must take care of ourselves versus this is the, the way of doing it to come in into ourselves and to have that. Um, place of being centered and really getting to know what's going on up there. Um, that the first time I was introduced to the idea of an inner critic, I was blown away because it is very critical. Oftentimes, you hear people saying, like, if if a friend or acquaintance talked to you the way that your brain just spoke to you, you would no longer be friends or acquaintances. Uh, so it's. Um, it's wonderful to know that you can just do that within that 10, 15 minutes, but to your point of having that marathon, um, realizing that it's not a one and done thing just to have a good day.
2: Exactly. Yes. And and there are other practices as well, you know, not just meditation that are important and practices that one has to uh, incorporate into your everyday life when you're not meditating you know when you are in a meeting when you're writing emails when you're uh, cooking dinner yeah so the the that's how the transformation happens you know, I always like to talk about mindfulness being the gym where you go to get fit and then the rest of your day is when you're actually playing the game and using the skills that you're developing in mindfulness to get better at life because we don't want to be great at meditation we want to be great at living yeah
1: that's so well put there was another um, sentence on your website that i thought was great when we live disconnected from our essential nature we experience fear self-doubt and nagging scarce and a nagging scarcity mindset we get distracted from who we truly are so would you point to that importance of meditation and then the other mindfulness as how we get into contact with our essential nature?
2: Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah. Similarly to what we discussed a few minutes ago, you know, the practice of conscious leadership or mindfulness, um, there's a part of it that helps improve the experience of the person. And operates at the level of the personal development, like mind, emotions, my inner life, and how that, how my inner life reflects in my behavior, in my relationships, in the way I show up in the world, right? And then there is another opportunity, another layer to this, that is to connect d- deeply with a sense of belonging uh, in in a, like the one system of life, you know, to become awake to. Yes, I am Juan, but I'm also part of a greater force that is uh, present in the world, you know, that um, I'm not alone. I'm not just here by myself, you know, I'm connected to nature, to the other people, to the other creatures. And we all are, we all are sharing this vital experience in the present moment right now and becoming present to that um, Uh, balances your experience a little bit and and, uh, helps you uh, feel wholesome Mm -hmm. and uh, when we are disconnected from that aspect of ourselves then we have a lot of problems and difficulties especially that inner critic and those uh, uh, nagging experiences of scarcity that I mentioned so mindfulness and meditation will help you uh, be better as a person, but will also help you understand better who you are as a whole.
0: Mm -hmm. The answer to this question is gonna interest me because I'm always intrigued by uh, anyone that's way ahead in the field of something, you know, that they're just groundbreaking on, it's like, wow, my gosh, I'm like, you know, uh, the, the amazing stuff that this person is saying. So I'm always interested to know what resources do you use to continue to learn and grow? Right. Well, I find a lot of
2: inspiration in nature um, for my coaching practices and my, my coaching sessions. Um, I, I try to spend a lot of time in nature because it's really inspiring to me. Also, this is uh, kind of like a paradox, but my work itself uh, is constantly uh, stimulating my growth and my development because n- there's no coaching, no two coaching, coaching sessions are the same and like the challenges and the experiences that we face every week with my clients are also helping me grow as a coach and helping me better as explaining things or connecting with things and then I'm also always curious about other traditions and what other people are doing so recently I went to Avila in, in Spain and spent a couple of weeks with a group of Catholic monks in a monastery, learning about their meditation techniques that they use, and it was very illuminating. You know, although my my main uh, the background of my teachings and all of that came from Tibetan Buddhism and then from other contemporary teachers, I like to to explore uh, other methods and other practices that are out there. And uh, it's it's very interesting because in the end you find that there are a lot of similarities and commonalities in in everything, right?
1: So I had the opportunity to get to hear you speak at So Plated in their speaking series, and that's when we got to connect afterwards. And you invited me to your small meditation group, so that was um, that was so beneficial for me because I had had a hard time getting back into. Um, having any kind of clarity when I set the time aside to meditate and because we were doing it in that group even for that short period of time it it was almost like a reset so thank you again for having giving me that invitation and allowing me to join My pleasure. Um, it was it was uh, also wonderful to be able to connect and how you gave so much space and time for all of us to sit and contemplate and share things with each other. I had never been um, to any kind of event or experience that worked quite like that, and mm-hmm. it was it was very helpful for me. Mm-hmm.
2: Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, I I think that um, probably because of my experience uh, as a CEO for a number of years, you know, I really understand how isolating uh, that um, uh, work is. So as it's always been very important to me as an executive coach to generate opportunities for my clients to meet and to spend time in community uh, under the umbrella of this work that we're doing and generating opportunities for them to spend time together. Uh, Not me teaching or or coaching, but just them comparing notes, sharing experiences, challenges, because uh, having a community that is doing this work Um, it's very helpful,
1: the ripple effect. (laughs) (laughs) And can you share some offerings that, um, people new to meeting you can tap into?
2: Well, um, I would invite if, if this resonates with any of our listeners, like I would invite them to go to my website and maybe we can put a link somewhere and subscribe to my newsletter because that's how I share the things that I'm offering or the things that I'm doing. But mostly I I coach one-on-one uh, business leaders, entrepreneurs. Then I organize um, every year a retreat or two in which like, we, we go off-site uh, mostly to the Hudson Valley in New York and we spend three or four days and we do like intensive work. Uh, there's a lot of meditation and good food and, and uh, fellowship. And um, sometimes I do every year, I usually do like a group coaching activity as well, like a group coaching program. So whether I I group, I coach a cohort through several months, but all of this is on the website. I also produce a little podcast uh, and if people are interested in this topic of mindfulness and the intersection of mindfulness with leadership and and living well, uh, they can they can certainly explore uh, the few episodes that we have published.
1: Thank you so much for being with us today. Of
2: course, thank you for having me. Thank you, friends. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Did you know sponsoring a Tri-Village Chamber event not only builds brand awareness, but expands your network? Our chamber unites hundreds of businesses and individuals through meaningful relationships, educational programming, exclusive resources, and awesome events. Sponsorship supports our efforts to build and strengthen the community. To find out which opportunities are best for you, contact me directly at katie, K-A-T-I-E, at chamberpartnership.org. Thanks for partnering with us. Thanks for listening to Business Inspires. Check out the podcast show notes for information about this podcast, to schedule a guest appearance, or to find out more about sponsoring this podcast.